Yo, welcome to Simply Bitcoin Live. We're your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover breaking news, culture, medical warfare. We'll be your guide through the separation of money and state. Uh, interesting. Um, Elon kind of said the quiet part out loud. There's this uh, video clip uh, that we're going to play for you guys uh, that Michael Saylor uh, basically he, he reposted. And, uh, you know, Elon's basically saying the quiet part out loud. Basically, someone said, oh, for, something about $44 billion dollars. And then Elon said, that's not going to be worth much uh, very soon. Um, and it's a very strong statement because he's basically admitting, right, that money has inflation. And we're also going to dive into the numbers of Tesla. Tesla is a public company, so you can get all those numbers. And it, they literally tell you how much cash they have on hand. And we're going to do the calculation of how much inflation is costing a company like Tesla on a yearly basis. And, of course, they can get away with it. Uh, doing this because they're a very profitable company, right? Everyone, a lot of people buy into a Tesla stock, so they can shoulder that cost. But what about you, the the you know the everyday person that's just trying to make it? Could you shoulder the cost of inflation, right? And of course, not to mention the fact that we are all privileged, uh, especially if you live in a Western country. Uh, you have the privilege of having a relatively stable fiat currency that's not. It's not. It's not stealing enough. Uh, it's not stealing enough of of your time and your energy for you to be like, okay, you know, th this is really bad, right? Um. So so yeah. So it's just that's the that's the topic we're gonna cover today. And also on a side note, uh, on the separation of money and state front, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Mika regulations that you know were born because Opti broke Christine Lagarde's heart, and then Christine Lagarde as revenge came back. And she said, I must destroy all the Bitcoiners. So if you want to know why Christine Lagarde hates Bitcoin, it's because of Opti. Blame Opti. Um, and yes, yeah, so we're going to talk. We're going to talk about that. They, they finally passed uh, what the you know, we're going to probably just speculate and kind of like talk and, you know, about what the ramifications are. Like one of the things about the Mika regulation is that it's going to force uh, basically anyone in Europe for anything over a thousand dollars. If it's a thousand euro transaction, they're gonna want it. They're gonna want you to KYC it. So does that is that gonna involve? Uh, you know, are, are they gonna start knocking on the doors of you know of 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 wallet developers in Europe, right? Are they gonna try to say and specifically like if you if you have an iPhone, there's a walled garden. You can't just download apps anywhere. You have to go through the app store. That's a single point of failure, right? So are all Bitcoiners gonna have to migrate to an Android? And by the way, this is something that they've done in the past. By the way. Right. Uh, Apple in the past has specifically not allowed Bitcoin wallets on their on their phones. Right. So, you know, they're known for this. And we also had the founder of Zion yesterday and he was talking about how on their platform, on their app, on the iOS, Apple forced them to get rid of zaps. Right. So you can only get zapped on Zion on the Android. Right. And why is Apple doing this? I don't think it's a regulatory thing. Maybe it could be. But it was mostly because uh, Apple's protecting their moat, Apple Pay, or they want people using Apple Pay, right? Anyway, so we're going to talk about all this. Uh, I, I, you know, perhaps it got a little bit dark at the end, but I think Bitcoin's incentives are going to stay winning. And I'm going to bring up Opti. Uh, Opti, why did you do that to Chrissy? Why did you do that to Chrissy? Hey, man, you know, some people are just not compatible and it is what it is. You know, I did my best, Nico. I did my best. Sorry, Bitcoiners. Somehow, someway, this is Opti's fault. No, Nico, quit trolling me. It's too early to troll me, bro. Uh, it's too early in the show. We got to leave the comedic relief for the end of the show. Opti broke 
<laughs> Chrissy Lagarde's heart, and this is why we're oh, here. Oh man, yeah. This, this is, is why we're fault. here. It's this is why we're here. Anyways, it's my fault. What are we gonna cover during the culture, brother? Well, we have Narwhal Tacos in the business, in the building rather. And uh he I know you guys know him. He's always in the chat. Well, he's coming on the show, so we're gonna talk all things Narwhal Tacos and why he likes Bitcoin, and maybe even get into uh his 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 shill of Bitcoin to the average person out there. How you doing, Narwhal? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you doing, Opti? Absolutely I, wonderful. I'm not hearing sound from Nico. Just for oh, I'm Opti, hearing can, Nico. Opti, can you FYI. hear me? Yeah, yeah he, I got you. He's just he's just lip reading for me. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna something on your end. I don't think it's on my end. Uh, yeah, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you in the chat. Hit us. Are you hearing Nico? I think so. I think so. Uh, I'm hearing you. Right. Anyways, well, I and, hear you. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, to, I, yeah. We to, don't need to hear Nico. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. No more right. delay. We're gonna jump straight we'll into the show. Let's do it. All right, everybody. The numbers. Let's how are you guys it. doing? Good. Good. Great. Happy to have you on the show, bro. Great. Oh yeah. All right. Let's do it. The Bitcoin numbers. Brought to you by Noddle. At this point, you should be running your own Bitcoin node. If you don't use your own Bitcoin node, you're trusting someone else's. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. And if you're a digital nomad, you have absolutely no excuse because now you can run a Noddle through a virtual private server. Visit noddle.eu today. All right, so I I got out and I got back in. Hopefully Narwhal could hear me. I uh, yeah, I can hear you now. I can hear you Woo! now. Okay. Fixed, fixed on the fly. Holy cow. Guys, I want to tell you about the biggest Bitcoin conference on the face of the earth. Bitcoin 2024. It's not going to be in Miami in the, in the year on the year of the having. It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, July 25th through the 27th, 2024. Get your early bird special tickets right now for a GA ticket. Uh, for two days of the Bitcoin conference, it's only $2.99. And for Industry Day, which I recommend for anyone who, uh, you know, for if, if you're trying to get a job in the industry, I definitely recommend the Industry Pass. It's for $7.49. That includes three days of access to the Bitcoin conference. And good news, you can take advantage of the promo code simply to get yourself a nice discount to Bitcoin 2024. At the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is $26,940. Sats per dollar, $3,712. Block height, 792,402. Reachable Bitcoin nodes, 17,096. Blocks to halving, 47,598. Halving estimate, April 20th, 2024. Total Lightning Network capacity, 5,357 Bitcoin. Capacity value, 144 million US dollars. Realized monetary inflation, 1.76% and the market capitalization of Bitcoin, $522 billion with a B. In the grand scheme of things, Bitcoin is still a baby. Anyways, Michael Saylor uh, tweeted this. He said, pretty soon, 44 bit, and this is a quote from something that Elon said on an interview. Uh, apparently, Elon said, pretty soon, 44 billion won't be worth that much anyway. Now, I, I wonder why Elon is saying something like that. Well, we'll talk about it in a second, but let's play the clip first. <laughs> this is a gift. It's a it's an IOU worth forty four billion dollars. Thank you. So, Thank you. Uh, well, it's, you know, but pretty soon forty four billion won't be worth that much anyway. That's that's a good point. <laughs> so, so pretty soon, uh, forty four billion won't be worth that much anyways. And of course, uh, you know. <gasps> 
Michael Saylor as a troll basically said Elon Musk on Bitcoin, right? And I, and I think there's a lot of signal on that, right? We all know how MicroStrategy stock has been performing since they've adopted a Bitcoin strategy. Uh, Nain Bukele is proving on a nation state level that Bitcoin is a viable alternative to fiat money. Michael Saylor on the on the public company level is proving is proving that fiat is a uh, sorry that Bitcoin is a viable alternative, not only a viable alternative, a better alternative than holding cash on your balance sheet. Now, let's talk about Tesla, right? Tesla is a public company, so we have access to all these numbers and it tells you. So Tesla cash on hand from 2010 to 20 uh, to 2023. And it tells you so Tesla cash on hand for the quarter ending March 31st, 2023 was $22 billion, a 24% increase year over year. So they have 20 $22 billion in cash. Let's do a little bit of math. I have a calculator for you guys. Let's enter in $22 billion into this. Let's do a little bit of math real quick. Let's multiply that by the recent uh, latest inflation number, if you are to believe the government, but let's give them a benefit of doubt. And let's multiply that by, by, uh, by um, 6.5%. And it comes out to Inflation is costing Tesla in purchasing power every single year, holding that cash on their balance sheet. It is costing them roughly $1.4 billion every single, every single year. Michael Saylor is absolutely right when he does this little troll, uh, when he says, look, uh, Elon Musk on Bitcoin. I think not only does Elon need Bitcoin, I think other public companies that have huge cash reserves need Bitcoin. I'm talking about Apple right now. They have a tremendous amount of cash. And the reason that these companies are able to get away with this is because they're racking in so much money. So it's, it's just the cost of doing business. But isn't that crazy? It's a cost of doing business to lose $1.4 billion in purchasing power you know, on a yearly basis, if you're holding that much cash, that is absolutely absurd to me. This is the type of thing that Bitcoin absolutely fixes, especially, um, uh, no, especially in the future when Bitcoin's volatility will decrease because it's increase in, you know, in increase in price, right? Uh, you know, when Bitcoin's at a million dollars, right? Obviously, the volatility uh, isn't going to be as big as it is today. Um, but you know what we always say as Bitcoiners, right? You know, fiat is guaranteed guaranteed to go down into the right, but Bitcoin is guaranteed to go up into the right. Could you imagine uh, what it would do to these companies? Um, you know, with that extra one point, or it's in the case of Tesla, with that extra one point four billion in purchasing power on a, on, a, on a yearly basis, like what could they do with that money, right? Um, and then move this to the individual level, right? Uh, what can you do, you know, with that extra, you know, 6.5% in purchasing power if you are to believe the government numbers on a yearly basis? So better said that what the actual inflation numbers are is, you know, anywhere between 15 to 20% if you put in the cost of living as, as like real estate, housing, and then energy prices. Uh, you know, it's a lot higher than the, the 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 manipulated government official numbers of what inflation is, right? And what could you do with that extra purchasing power? And then here's the very difficult question that a, a very difficult pill that a lot of people haven't swallowed um, is if you're not making 15 to 20 percent uh, more in your salary or in your you know in your income uh, than you were last year you're making less. You might be making more dollar-wise, you might be making the same dollar-wise, but in terms of your purchasing power, you're making significantly less. So Bitcoin definitely fixes this problem, and I think it's just a matter of time before people like Elon and the average everyday person wake up to this reality that Bitcoin truly does 
fix this very, very dear problem. And again, this is a problem that we're very privileged in the West. Uh, you know, 6.5%. You talk to someone in Venezuela or in Argentina that's currently enduring more than 100%. And they'll laugh at you. They're like, that 6.5 ain't that bad. You know, you could live on that. But imagine if you're dealing with 100%. And that's why countries like Argentina, countries like Nigeria, countries like Turkey have record level Bitcoin adoption because people don't have an alternative. Bitcoin is the only alternative that they have in those countries. Anyways, Opti, what's your take on this? And then we'll move on to Narwhal. Yeah, I mean, I think you covered it very, very well. But I wanted to just point out the fact that, uh, you know, Elon Musk is a billionaire and he's laughing about inflation while wearing a Doge shirt. So, like, that's not lost on me, you know, um, as a Bitcoiner. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't be the first one to kind of point out the fact that if Elon was really serious about all this, then he would be endorsing Bitcoin and not really, you know, playing around with shitcoins. So, like, I think that's maybe the signal there. It's like, hey, uh, we do have a solution to this and it's called Bitcoin. Uh, will Elon embrace it? I mean, he kind of already has, but he's kind of turned back on that by now. So I'm sure he has his own bags. Uh, obviously, he's having more fun just pumping Doge than actually giving people the solutions to the problems. I mean, as you as you covered so well, he's he's a billionaire, uh, multi billionaire at this point. And like, hey, someone said in the chat, like, what what's uh what's losing a billion dollar with uh, between friends? You know, like what what's the big deal? He's got enough money to uh, always be rich. But hey, us average people, it's like we have a solution. What's uh what's the sailor sailor? quotes that he says you know like the perfect vessel of containing energy for the future and there's no leak of monetary energy or whatever i i you know i could never do a sailor quote but i just thought it's very interesting he's wearing a doge shirt while talking and laughing about inflation and uh you know when's he gonna get back on the bitcoin train because everyone's gonna need bitcoin absolutely 100 percent Everyone's going to need Bitcoin. I think it's just a matter of time before people wake up to that. Narwhal, what's your take on all this, bro? Um, well, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to mind read uh, Elon Musk and, and I don't follow him enough to really do that. As I see it, the reality is there's there's basically three aspects to becoming a, a Bitcoiner, a real Bitcoin maxi. And the first is you have to be disillusioned with the, the fiat monetary system. Um, and that's a, that's a process. That's not something that just happens all at once. It's, there's a whole scale to it, but, uh, and then the second one is you, you need to understand the cypherpunks and because Bitcoin came from the cypherpunks. And if you don't understand the cypherpunk movement, you can't understand Bitcoin. Um, and then the third one is that once you understand those things, then you can em embrace the question, why Bitcoin? And why Bitcoin is a question that has 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 no answer to it. it, it it's a question that gives you uh, energy to move forward in life. And and it, there's no there's it's not about answering the question. It's about using that question to forward your Bitcoin journey, which is why Bitcoiners uh, almost seem like a cult to, to most people because they have begun on a journey of why Bitcoin together and it bonds us together it creates a, a true living tribe um but you know so it's perfect in the story what happened with michael saylor is that in, in his own words is that he came to a point where he i think was ready to step down from his company uh he'd been long longest 
CEO with any tech company, from what I've heard, uh, he was ready to step down. And, and I think he started wrestling with this question of, you know, what, how, how do I hand this company over to someone else? And especially it was a cash generating company and it, it was generating a great deal of, of, of a treasury of, of a, an asset accumulation. And he had to wrestle with that question. What do I do with my money so that it preserves its power over time? And that led him to discover Bitcoin because there really are no answers to that question. Elon hasn't had to wrestle with this. And granted, if, if, you're, if you're very wealthy, you can have many, many years of inflation and you won't materially feel it for yourself. But if you are a forward thinking CEO, and as for instance, what Michael Saylor went through, and you decide that you do need to wrestle with this question because you are married to your company, it is a, your child, and you care for it, then you have to wrestle with the question of this failing, ever devaluing Ponzi scheme that is the world of fiat money. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go on too long, but you know, I. Uh, Essentially, for myself, I, I have an investment background. I was with a, uh, an investment firm for about for over a decade, uh, a top five investment and banking firm, household name. Um, while I was there, I became very disillusioned with the fiat money system. Uh, and as I became disillusioned with it, I, I came to a realization that I needed to find an escape. I needed to find an off ramp from it. This was pre-Bitcoin. I was actually becoming a Bitcoiner before Bitcoin existed. And I spent many years wrestling with this question and writing about it. Um, before, before YouTube, before Twitter, there were web, you know, blogs. And so I was very involved in, in a blog community that was wrestling with economics and, and uh, the question of essentially uh, the collapse of our economic systems and, and other and energetic systems and things. And uh, I came to a point where I actually had written like a 30 page sort of treatise on all of my thoughts around this. Um, it ended up selling several thousand copies actually. Uh, and my thinking after going through all of the background, my conclusion was that I had to separate myself I had to find a lifeboat away from this failing monetary system because it, it was clearly failing. And this was, by the time I did that, by the time I actually separated myself from it, it was late 2006. And uh, to me, it was clear that there was a, a crisis impending. That did come about, the, uh, the great financial crisis. Um, what I didn't know is that the Fed could actually, you could actually throw money endless amounts of money at that problem and push it off for another 15 years. And that, that's what they did. Um, but at the time I was wrestling with this question, what do I do with my wealth? And all I could come to was that I needed to buy, uh, I needed to buy land and, a, and a energy efficient home. And I needed to find a place in the world that was distanced from the, as far as possible from the economic system that was about to come down. 
And I had a list of about 11 different criteria that I was looking at. And I started looking all around the world for a place that would meet this. And I, and I did end up finding one just a few hours from where I lived. But um, I moved there. I bought, I, I built a, a, an incredibly energy efficient home uh, that I was hugely proud of and in love with. I, and uh, developed a wall system for it that was uh, quite unique and, and, and uh, is being used by builders now. Uh, and I had farmland and I had cattle and I had know your farmer. Um, Bitcoiners didn't invent know your farmer. That, that all came about probably 20 some years ago uh, through a, a, a book called Nourishing Traditions and the Weston A. Price Foundation began talking about the importance of living close to your food and knowing where your food comes from. I went this whole path because I didn't have another option. I didn't have Bitcoin. And unfortunately, the result of that is that that all worked perfectly. When the great financial collapse hit, hit I was in a lifeboat. It didn't affect me. Uh, and I was living a thriving, happy life. I wasn't living like a prepper out of a fear-based attitude toward life. I was uh, embracing a, a change of my life that was hopeful and everything worked. But the problem was I missed Bitcoin because of that. When Bitcoin came around, you know, I, I had my three touches with Bitcoin, but when Bitcoin finally came around, my first touch was through a, a fellow blogger that I'd kept in touch with for years. And his, he posted, I'm going to say in 2010, 2011, that, uh, this Bitcoin thing has jumped the shark because uh, he's he's had his PC running for like three months and he, he's only got like one or two Bitcoin, something to that effect. I mean, Bitcoin wasn't even being priced in dollars at that point. And so my first touch was, oh, there's this Bitcoin thing, but it sounds like it's not for me. So I miss Bitcoin for a lot of years. But I had put myself in a position of distancing myself from the 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 fiat ponzi scheme that is what we're living in could you could you and to and this is very fascinating i love how you said that you you know you built your own homestead like isolated love that um yeah i had cattle i had chickens bitcoiners they they tend to do that right they tend to be want to be sovereign individuals in that sense so do you think that was well, do you think that would be possible without something like bitcoin that type of lifestyle yeah, it, it, it not only is it, it was happening, it was happening. And uh, it's hard to go back, you know, because I'm, I'm pushing 50 years old now. It's hard to take you back to almost everything that's happening now in the Bitcoin space. All uh, uh, echoes things that I was going through in the early two, in early to mid 2000s. Um, you know, when I was writing, I remember writing uh, you cannot change a system by working within the system. And it, it's kind of shocked me that that's been, that's been rediscovered by other people very recently. Um, the idea of the real food movement, know your farmer. Uh, I, we were, my, my wife at the time, we, we were um, buying milk and, and, and meat and, and eggs all from guys who would drive into the city and sell out of the back of their, their trucks and things like that. All of this, was in place it was a response to a recognition certainly consciously for myself unconsciously for probably most people it was a recognition that things were about to fail 
and they did fail in the great financial crisis, but the Fed was able to really inflate the system again and push it forward another, you know, 15 years till now. And so a lot of that got put on hold. In the meantime, Bitcoin, which was also a response to all of this, came about and began to build a culture and began to build to what we now recognize as the Bitcoin culture, which is rediscovering the same. My point being not that I was smart. I knew this long ago. I'm not saying anything like that. My point being that we're going through again, in my opinion, we are going through again the recognition that the system is about to fail, that fiat, the fiat world that we have lived and breathed and, and had our being in for all of our lives is actually a, a, an illusion. We are becoming disillusioned with it. Bitcoiners certainly are the, the spear tip of that. And there's only this, the response is the same. The response that we need to go through is showing itself to be the same in the Bitcoin space. It really is, boils down to, you have to create a lifeboat and get away from the sinking ship. And you've got to do it before the ship sinks. Otherwise, you, if, you, if you wait to get in the lifeboat till the ship is sinking, you get pulled down in the whirlpool. You, you, you can't learn about Bitcoin when, you know, everything's collapsing and suddenly everyone is trying to look for a way out. You need to prepare for it ahead of time. And that 100%. lifeboat, that lifeboat is self-sovereignty. The Sovereign Individual is a book that was being, you know, that I, I never read, but was always talked about. The Sovereign Individual and um, uh, The Fourth Turning were books that were very actively talked about in, in the, my weblog space 20, 20 years ago. Uh, so The Sovereign Individual isn't as uh, amazingly prescient as we think it is. It, it was very much a, a it's, it's a it's a great book it was very much uh, a response to uh this this waking up from the illusion that was happening at the time yeah. and then got put on then got put on hold for a decade or more and is now being rediscovered in, in a new way by by new and younger people does that answer your question it absolutely does answer my question and and you know what i was what opti and i we have this conversation all the time right is that Specifically, you know, if you're a millennial, or you're a Zoomer, um, the you're you're priced out of of owning things, right? Um, yes. You know, so it, like to we don't have an alternative to Bitcoin. Like it, I don't I don't see a way out. Like Bitcoin was my way out. You know, I was very very fortunate to run into Bitcoin 2016, so it's my seventh year. But you know, um, I I could not it imagine being in the rat race without something like Bitcoin, it, it would be very depressing, nihilistic as hell. Uh, you can't it, afford anything. You constantly have to like want to earn more money just to buy simple things. I know it wasn't like that for my parents in the eighties, right? When they, it, you know, was, they bought it was their not. Yeah. No, no, it was not. And, and the, and Bitcoin was again, understand the, the, the cypherpunks. They were, they started as a, a kind of a movement to, um, to maintain uh, privacy and 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 sovereignty against a, a, a growing control state, but they came down to the realization that if we don't have money that separate, you know, if we don't separate the state from money, 
nothing we do is it's it's all a losing game so bitcoin is the is the discovery i don't i don't think it's a, a an innovation or 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 a you know i i think it's a discovery it was going to happen but they spent a lot of decades trying to figure out how do we do this how do we do this and so bitcoin is the way out i didn't have that 15 years ago yeah. i had find a house find live a real life put my assets into real wealth find a house find land find uh farmers find a community um find a place where people still exchange value interpersonally and uh all of that builds on bitcoin now that we have bitcoin yeah 100% i just wish i hadn't built it too early because i missed the answer i was looking for when it came along but yeah i think know. i think a lot of people did i think a lot of people did i yeah, think it's 100%. it's obvious now it wasn't so obvious back then. Um, I'll say that. Anyways, everybody, we got to get to the news. Let's do it. The Daily News. The Daily News is brought to you by Blockstream Jade, built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. It's an open source hardware wallet for the cold storage of Bitcoin. Check out the brand new limited edition color, the transparent green jade. Blockstream Jade houses a full color camera, allowing for fully air-gap Bitcoin transactions, scan and display QR codes directly on the device, assign transactions, and verify addresses with ease. Use your Blockstream Jade with your favorite wallet software, such as Blockstream Green, Blue Wallet, Electrum, Sparrow. Get yourself a Blockstream Jade today and take self-custody of your Bitcoin. All right, guys, I also want to tell you about the Orange Pill app. Orange Pill app is building the social layer for Bitcoin. As crazy as this sounds, without the people, Bitcoin is just ones and zeros. Bitcoin is the people. Bitcoin is you. It's me. It's Opti. It's Narwhal Tacos. It's Satoshi. Downloads the Orange Pill app for iOS or Android and connect with other Bitcoiners in real life today. Find other plebs that live near you and you can go into the app totally anon and search for other Bitcoiners by common interest. Orange Pill app is also the world's biggest repository for Bitcoin only events. If you want to meet other Bitcoiners in real, in real life, this is the app for you. Sign up through the app store and you can even pay in stats. So check out the Orange Pill app today. And Opti and I also take the time to go through uh, all the messages and really, really appreciate it. So I, I you know, I really want to continue this conversation, Narwell, um, but I, I, I want to mention some of the news for, for people that are tuning in. Well, we, we can do it all culture, Nico. We'll just... Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Continue the combo in the culture. Get to the news. And okay, we'll, okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, okay. So let's get to the news and then we'll continue the, the, the combo in the culture. I was really, really enjoying that. I wasn't expecting it to, uh, you know, to to flourish into that conversation so early on to the show but uh we have we have a we have a great guest today anyways so uh we said in the beginning of the show right this is one of the first things we say this is the separation of money and state of course the state's going to fight back uh we've been covering the mika laws for a while uh in the eyes of christine lagarde opti's ex-girlfriend this is the solution uh, towards uh, stopping uh, Bitcoin adoption, at least in Europe. Now, I've tweeted this out many times. I'll tell you guys, uh, I'm more optimistic about Bitcoin adoption um, in the developing world, in the global south, than I am in the developed world. And the reason for that is the bread and circuses are strong in the developed world. The uh, financial privilege is strong in the developed world. Uh, the uh, incentive 
to seek an alternative is not so great. If you're dealing with double digit inflation or in the case of Argentina, 100 percent inflation, you have a huge incentive to seek an alternative. But if you're dealing with uh, 6.5 or, you know, the believed 8 percent inflation, as uh, Jeff Booth has said in the past, uh, you know, they're stealing with you. They're, they're stealing. Uh, they're stealing from you is ever so slight that you don't really care. Right. Um, but most of the world doesn't have that privilege. 60% of the world doesn't have that privilege. Anyways, so today's news is EU formally signs new crypto licensing money laundering rules into law. The European Union, for, the European Union formally signed its landmark markets and crypto assets, also known as MICA, regulation into law on Wednesday, taking the block closer to becoming the first major jurisdiction in the world with tailored rules for the sector. The law was signed by the European Parliament President uh, Roberta Metzola and Swedish Rural Affairs Minister Peter Klungren alongside a separate anti-money laundering law that requires crypto providers to verify their cu customers' identity when they transfer funds. And we're going to focus on that specifically today. Here is an article from a European Union website. It says, on Thursday, uh, MEPs approved with a 500 to 29 votes in favor and 229 against... 14 uh, abstained first piece of EU legislation for tracing transfers of crypto assets like Bitcoin and electronic and electronic money tokens. The text, which was provisionally agreed by Parliament and Council negotiators in June 2022, aims to ensure that crypto transfers, as the as is the case with any other financial operation, can always be traced and suspicious transactions blocked. The so-called, quote, travel rule already used in traditional finance will in future cover transfers of crypto assets, information on the source of the asset and its beneficiary will have to, quote, travel with the transaction and be stored on both sides of the transfer. The law would also cover transactions above a thousand euros from so-called self-hosted wallets when they interact with hosted wallets managed by crypto asset service providers. The rules do not apply to person-to-person -person transfers conducted without a provider or among providers acting on their own behalf, right? It's very interesting. Um, how do they plan to enforce this? I don't know, uh, but it's it's a very it's definitely a very interesting conversation to have. Um, you know, I think that the road to hell. You know, it's famous as saying, right? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. I don't know how much of this is of good intentions, or I don't know how much of this is with the purpose of controlling money flows. We've covered anti money anti money money laundering laws on the show many times we've uh we've covered the you know the unelected body that uh makes these recommendations many times on the show as well we've had a uh an aml kyc expert um on the show as well and the 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 success of these laws that actually stopping um you know illegal transactions is extremely low uh, and they actually governments are actually making more money in people uh, in in compliance than they are in actually uh, recovering uh, so-called illegal transfers. So my case, right, is and you know perhaps this is a paranoid Bitcoin perspective, and I'm completely aware of that. Just to give a little bit of a disclosure, but I would like to make the case that as is the case in in the United States, where they're attacking Bitcoin mining under the guise of the environment, we must save the environment, completely ignoring all the other industries that have extremely, uh, you know, damaging 
in environmental consequences just ignoring that but focusing on bitcoin i would like to make the case that this is just an attempt to slow the adoption of bitcoin to control the money flow so the reality is that governments get a tremendous amount of power from controlling the money flows um so i mean obviously i think that they would want to maintain that power i think it's just human nature so i'm very skeptical of this uh, but at the same time, you know, you did uh, touch upon the sovereign individual, Narwhal Tacos. And one of the thesis of the sovereign individual, right, is that uh, digital, uh, you know, the rise of information technologies, the rise of something like Bitcoin is going to give individuals all around the world uh, the power to vote not only with their wallet, but also their feet. Right. And I think that if any government gets too totalitarian, which, you know, on on one side of the spectrum, you have China with an all, all right ban. But it's funny because they're playing both sides. Right. So in, in mainland China, they banned it. But in Hong Kong, which is basically controlled by the CCP, they're like, you know what? Uh, we like this thing. Uh, crypto businesses, you should come here. Uh, so it's funny. They're playing both sides. Right. Because they want to benefit from it, obviously. Um, but, you know, so you have it on that side where. Bitcoin is basically illegal. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have, you know, the shining country on the hill, which is the country of El Salvador, where they've made Bitcoin legal tender. They just announced this week that they've made Saifedean uh, an economic advisor. How crazy is that? An Austrian economist, an economic advisor to the country of El Salvador. So bullish on, uh, on El Salvador uh, because of that. Um, so you have two sides of the spectrum. But I think, you know, if totalitarianism worked, if control worked, um, you know, people wouldn't flee from it, right? You know, if you look at, for example, Cuba, you know, Cubans taking the risk, getting on rafts, getting on a raft to try to go to Miami, right? In the case of Eastern Europe and Western Europe, people were risking their lives to jump over the Berlin Wall, right? And in, in the, in, in, you know, seeking freedom. And I think Bitcoin is this very, very, very powerful tool for, uh, for individuals, because I think before Bitcoin, it was extremely difficult to travel, uh, with value, right? So, you know, there's only so much cash that you could put on your person. There's only so much gold you can carry, right? And what if you get to a border, right? And they're checking for gold and they're confiscating a type of gold. Now, now for the first time, you could theoretically, even though I don't suggest this, but I'm sure if you're in a pickle, you're going to try to, you can theoretically memorize 12 words or 24 words, and you could store billions, trillions of dollars in your mind if you have to, right? It completely changes the whole dynamic of this, uh, that that in itself, right? So anyways, Narwhal, I want to get your thoughts on this. It sh it's not surprising, right? Uh, this is, you know, this is, this, is, this is them fighting back in a way under the guise of it's good for you, citizen. This is to protect you. It's right, for your right. own protection, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, uh, and, and I think you hit, I think you hit the, on the signal, you know, really what's the signal here? The signal is that they're not doing anything that anyone who's been involved in Bitcoin for a long time didn't already expect, which is really important to recognize, I think, because uh, what would be scary is if they actually came up with something we weren't expecting. Um, you know, it's... It, it, it's sort of like Bitcoin is, is, you know, the New York Yankees and all the sort of central planners of the world are, are, are some like college team. Like in, in, when you go into that game, there's nothing the college team is going to bring that the Yankees weren't expecting and prepared for. 
And so that's what we're seeing is they are doing the only thing that they are able to do. They are reacting. They are in reactive mode. And, you know, a million Bitcoiners have been playing this out in their heads for a decade. We know how this ends. It, it, it's rocky. It's uncomfortable. And it ends with Bitcoin becoming stronger, more well adopted. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's I, I can't add anything more than this is all everything's going perfectly according to plan. Yep. Yep. Bitcoin's incentives stay winning. Opti, what's your take on this? We'll get to the culture. Well, yeah, I'm glad Narwhal said that because my friend at Planet Earth's in the chat and he always drops that meme of like the the Sith Lord, like everything is going according to plan. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, just uh, we've been talking about Mika Laws for, I don't know, months now. And Opti, what did you do? What did you do? Why did you do that? Hey, it's somehow, some way, it's my fault. Anyways, uh, obviously, these Mika laws will will hurt you, uh, European citizens, and of course, it's being cloaked as protection from money laundering, like the big bag big bad boogeyman and um who said this uh elaine she's like so scared about money laundering when they're the kings and queens of the laundry mat mm -hmm. uh if you know you know um Anyways, again, we've been covering this for for uh quite some time when the, the news first came out. And I think this is just further evidence that the powers that be are trying their best to squeeze Bitcoin and stop adoption or as Chrissy Lagarde says, you know, if there's an exit, they will use it and they're trying to stop it. Obviously, capital controls don't work and they will continue to try to squeeze and clamp down on Bitcoin, but hey, Bitcoiners will find a way. Bitcoin will find a way to route around it. This is literally what it's designed to do. Uh, you know, slide around about way. And uh, here we are. So again, of course, the powers that be in Europe will want their citizens to have fun staying poor, and they are going to try to organize and stop Bitcoin because again, we all know that their power comes from the money printer. So Obviously, as Narwhal said, we've seen this coming. We know that this was coming, and I'm sure this is not the last attempt of trying to control Bitcoin. But hey, I think this is the first. Well, I think I think this is like this is that's enough. What I'm I think this is enough. Yeah, absolutely. So this is enough where like it's under the guise, right? Like it still has another guy. Like, but I think it's going to reach a point where in the U.S. or in the U.S. it's it's kind of gotten there, right? Like if you have the you see the 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 report by the, the that came out of the white house the 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 it's like a yearly economic report they dedicated 20 pages and in that 20 pages said central banking is necessary the future of money is central bank digital currencies bitcoin is bad bitcoin is bad for the environment uh it cannot exist right so we're getting to that point where bitcoin and one of my favorite features of bitcoin that i don't hear a lot enough people talk about right bitcoin kind of has this forcing function where it exposes incentives and I think eventually we're going to get to a point where governments, specifically the governments that are going to want to, to use Lawrence Lepard's words, the privilege of being able to create money for free that everyone else has to work for, eventually they're going to have to say that. They're going to have to admit it. We just like print. We just like being able to print money. I mean, Brad Sherman said it already. He's like, the crypto bros, they're creating money out of thin air. Uh, and they say we do the same thing. But we're the U.S. government. We should be able to do that. And then my response to Brad Sherman would, would be, I refuse to use a money that another man can create for free. Anyways, everybody, let's get to the culture. We have a lot to talk about. But before we get to the culture, guys, you want to make it over the finish line with your generational wealth. You don't, 
don't want to lose your generational wealth because you decided to write down your 24 word seed phrase or your 12 word seed phrase on paper. You want to store it on steel. This is a bit play. It's domino. It's easy to use, hard to destroy, uh, hard to destroy. It's designed to preserve Bitcoin wallet backup seed words and passphrases. It's made from highly corrosion resistant 316 marine grade stainless steel, and it offers the ultimate protection against extremes of temperatures. You could take advantage of the promo code simply to get 10% off anything on bitplates.com. Let's get to the culture. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by swanbitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit swanbitcoin.com today. All right, guys, I also want to tell you about Swan's new offer. Bitcoin is generational wealth, and you could secure your bright orange future with the Swan IRA. Real Bitcoin, no taxes. Swan offers both traditional and Roth options to best fit your needs. Create your IRA and start adding Bitcoin in less than one minute. Transfers and rollovers are available. Swan's Bitcoin experts will get you set up with no transfer fees and no minimum balance requirements. This is real Bitcoin, non-ETF or other derivative. Get the real thing and get it at Swan. Go to swan.com IRA for more details. And of course, if you have any questions, doubts, or concerns, concerns you'd always hit me up on twitter or the orange pill app anyways opti i want to continue yeah yeah i was gonna i was gonna go down that narwhal tacos rabbit hole uh i I heard so many good things narwhal and you're a very very interesting individual um you were looking into sovereign living before bitcoin you identified that as a that you identified you, you wanted to do that and then you also said that it was because of your experience in the traditional financial system that incentivized you, that made you disillusioned with the system itself. What was it? What made it click? Why did it take a decade? Um, so I got involved in the uh, I got involved in the financial industry because uh, so. I, uh, this is a long story, uh, and I won't tell the whole story. It's not a long form interview. Um, basically, I, I I was working as a professional actor for my for a lot of my early life, and um, and I I went through uh, kind of a shock. I I, I went through a kind of a, a a shock in that in that I um I'll just tell it because it's interesting. I I, I uh, had auditioned for a, a film, and uh, they you know that my my agent in in Minneapolis where I was living said, Oh, you know, the the casting agent loves you. She loves you. She doesn't love anyone. She loves you. You got to go out to uh, Chicago and, and, and meet with the casting agent. So, uh, I was going through a breakup in my life. It was really a low point and I was hanging on to this long story short. I went out there and I walked in and, um, and the casting agent looked at me and went, Oh, you're too tall. And so that was kind of it. She didn't, you know, my height was on my resume. It wasn't checked. The point of this is that that was the shock that, oh, and, and by the way, the, the actor who got the part was this unknown actor named Christian Bale. Uh, and so I kind of always have hated Batman since <laughs> that. So, um, but that was the point where I realized, you know, I, I need to get serious about what it is I want in life. What do I want? And at that time I was young and, and what I wanted was, was to make a lot of money and d- 
doing that through acting, trying to was going to be a lottery ticket, and and I wasn't comfortable with that. So I became obsessed. I've I've kind of always been obsessive about the things that interest me. I became obsessed with uh, how to make what what is money? How do you make money? What uh, what is money all about? And that led me to uh, becoming obsessed with financial markets and investing. And I was I was working like a pleb and just putting every $20 bill I can aside to get into investing. And I, I would eventually get a, a, a job uh, in the investing world. But all of this happened when the internet uh, bubble was just about to get underway. So when I entered uh, the investing world, it was very much like shitcoiners entering the, you know, the Bitcoin world. I was immediately trading many times a day. I was all about fiat. Um, and I was watching number go up, number go up and starting in at a certain point after several years, I started realizing if I can do this for one more year, I, I might be able to retire and live a modest life, but retire. Um, that bubble was a bubble, but there's an untold story of the internet bubble that I've never seen anyone talk about, but it was very clearly being related at the time. And that is that the internet was a, when it came about, the internet was a, um, a, uh, uh, the internet was, was, was essentially, um, what's, what's the, uh, de decentralized. It was basically a decentralizing force for information and it was happening fast and it scared the shit out of the old elite establishment. Um, the, the, to put this simply, there, there, there was a point in like the late nineties where AOL bought Time Warner. And that was the watershed moment as I saw it when the establishment realized we have to stop this. We are in an existential crisis if this continues. We have a lot of people who were living paycheck to paycheck four, five, six years ago, and they're now buying our companies out from under us, and they're buying media, and they're they're going to be targeting banking and finance, and then we lose everything. We lose control of everything. So to cut this short, at some point, Green, Ellen Greenspan was tasked with killing this, with killing this movement. And he did. He had to. He had to wait until they were. The, everyone feared Y two K. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. The killing what movement? Can you? Can you uh, the the internet. The internet. The, the growth of the internet. The growth. So you why, have. Why, why did they fear it? Why did they fear the growth of the internet? Um. So you have thousands of plebs, people who are early to the internet, creating companies that were now seeing themselves with multi billion dollar asset values. What do you do with those companies? You begin to acquire and integrate yourself into the existing system. And that was my point being when AOL bought Time Warner, some people realized we just lost control of our media propaganda service mm. and all media is propaganda. It always has been. There's nothing new about that. It's always been that way. They're saying um, the quiet part alone they realized they were about to lose their power to people who didn't grow up with money, didn't learn how the system works and were jeopardizing everything that they were about and they had to kill it. 
And after Y2K, immediately after Y2K, Alan Greenspan began just withdrawing liquidity from the system. And they specifically said they were trying to pop this bubble. They specifically admitted they wanted this bubble to go down. And it was a bubble, but so they targeted that. Long story short, what, what ended up happening is they did pop the bubble. It created a recession for a number of years. But what happened is then the banking and finance and Wall Street and, and every other sort of bricks and mortar uh, firm that was threatened by this, now they could go in and buy it up. So the internet got captured because Alan Greenspan, who was the general of the fiat army, killed the internet revolution. And then all the carpetbaggers from the, the existing system were able to go in and just buy it up and own it. And so that's where this whole centralization of the internet, it didn't come about organically. It came about as a tactic in a war, in what was perceived as a war. So that obviously relates to Bitcoin, but your question is, you know, how did I, how did I come about to where I was? I saw that happen. It, that became apparent to me again, I became, I was becoming disillusioned with the fiat system. I first saw that there were, this was a system that was centralized and controlled by individuals and they would uh, weaponize it against everyone. Um, in addition, I saw that Wall Street's whole reason for being was to fleece the retail. You know, that became apparent to me. Um, I began to realize that fiat money is not backed by anything. And in fact, the banks don't even have any backing, but you know, in back then they still had 10% or whatever reserves, they didn't have any backing. So the whole, you know, situation that can be summed up in fiat is a Ponzi scheme. Uh, all of that became apparent to me while I was working at an investment firm. I became very uncomfortable continuing to work there. I knew I needed to get out to stop giving my energy to that system. I no longer my heart wasn't in it anymore. Um, and on top of that, I became, uh, I, I, I gradually became aware that this whole system was, uh, it was on its last legs, you know, the unraveling was occurring and it was only going to progress. I thought it would, I, I thought that, you know, the fourth turning crisis was going to come between like 2010, 2012, which I think it, it really should have, but it was, it was put off. Um, so, you know, my, my point being, once I became disillusioned with the fiat system, then the question is, well, what other system is there? I don't know. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out. All I could figure out is I've got to go back to, to just real value. You know, what, what, you know what's, the, what's, the higher, what's my hierarchy of needs for my, for my wealth? You know, it's own a home, have land, have clean water, have you know, natural food and get myself away from, from the collapse that I thought would be, you know, the, the ultimate collapse turned out that's pro that's more than likely what we're hap what is happening right now. I'd caution people, you know, we don't know that the fed can't print its way out of this one as well. We don't know that we, they can extend fiat money for another 15 years or something really unlikely really unlikely at this point because the whole, the whole situation has changed and we have bitcoin which is a clear um you know if you had to if you had to go to uh you know uh bond 
bond traders and, and, and Wall Street. Wall Street's a big term. There's no real Wall Street, but you, we all know what I mean by it. You know, if you had to go to them and say, you know, this thing's going to collapse, you need to get land and a home and, and food and know your farmers. That, that's not going to happen. They're, they're not, not even interested in that. But they know Bitcoin's here and they, they've been, they moved into Bitcoin beginning of 2021, institutions moved into Bitcoin and they, as Opti said, they played their stupid games, won their stupid prizes. They thought they were the smart money in the room because Wall Street always thinks it's the smart money and it always has been in the fiat system. But once you come into the Bitcoin system, Wall Street's the dumb money. I mean, that's, that's really something that I hope Bitcoiners wake up to is Wall Street is the dumb money in the Bitcoin system because all the rules have changed. Everything that they've mastered, all of those rules get thrown out of the window when you come to Bitcoin. And, and we're seeing that and we're seeing that. I mean, what's happening right now is they, they think they're in charge of, they, they think they can play their trading games and they can, they can work the deals and get ahead of, of you know, the IPOs and, and all that. None of that, all of that's the old system way of doing things. In the Bitcoin space, what is happening is that Wall Street, again, big generic term, Wall Street doesn't value Bitcoin. And so what's happening is retail is fleecing Wall Street. It, the, the whole thing has been turned on its head. All the plebs who are DCAing the past two years, um, all, all of the people who keep smash buying, we see by the numbers, we are taking Bitcoin out of the system. Who's losing that Bitcoin? It, it is Wall Street. They are, they are selling it and we are buying it. Beautiful. So we are, we, are milking, we are milking them of their Bitcoin. We're just now waiting for that, that aha moment where they wake up to, oh shit, all of everything we do is existentially about to fail. Yep. What do now the disillusionment sets in now we, they be, you know, when bond traders become disillusioned with the fiat system, that's when you're, we're going to see real action happening. And it's probably there pretty soon. That's when they realize, what do I do? And, and they're not going to have the answer by land and, and know your farmer they're gonna have the answer it is bitcoin bitcoin is the only answer and we've all got to start taking positions in this and then they're gonna wake up to the fact that they're the ones who were the dumb money and they've been getting fleeced and now they're desperate and they've got to they've got to stack their bags again 100 percent Anyways, guys, so we did a poll. Uh, we asked the live YouTube audience, should we skip the meme review and continue with Narwhal Tacos? 76% of you said yes. 24% said no. So we're going to go with the majority. So we're going to skip the meme review today. We're going to continue yeah. this conversation. But before we do that, I want to give a very special shout out to our awesome sponsors, Kaboom Racks. It's the best place to buy your Bitcoin miners is also the most trusted place to buy and sell mining equipment. Check out their marketplace. All you got to go is go to t.me slash kaboom racks. It will pull up the telegram app. Or if you're on a browser, you join in there and the latest deals will be dropped in there. It's the best place to buy Bitcoin miners. You're going to find the best deals, the best prices. So check it out. Check out kaboomracks.com today. And also very special shout out also to our clothing sponsor represent LTD.com. Opti and I wear the merch every single day. 
Opti is wearing the represent orange pill t-shirt. He's wearing the classic dad hat. I'm wearing the Simply Bitcoin camo hoodie only on representltd.com. You can take advantage of the promo code simply-bitcoin. You can scan the QR code on your screen right now. And it will take you directly to the only, I think the only product that's available left, everything else is sold out, the classic snapback. Anyways, uh, Narwhal, I, I'm really enjoying this, this, this rabbit hole conversation that we're going through. And oh, one of the, one of the really interesting things that I find is clearly, you know, you, you were mentioning it, that the, it's, it, it's almost as if the internet started the fire, right? It started this fire. And then of course the system fought back and then you know at the time it was greenspan today it's people like christy lagarde it's people i mean jerome powell hasn't been as hostile but we know for example the treasury secretary we know uh janet yellen we know how she feels about bitcoin we know how the current uh, white house administration feels about bitcoin so it's almost as if the system's fighting back but i i think that bitcoin if you could say that the internet started the disintermediation of information right, where mm -hmm. people would seek their own information sources, their own data sources. It wasn't just from the, you know, the 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 so-called mainstream media. I wouldn't even call them anymore. I would call it really, really the legacy corporate media. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, the internet started that fire, right? It's like, oh, now there's blogs, for example. Blogs were very interesting because it was the first time that you can connect directly uh, with other people and it, it wasn't approved the mainstream conscious thought, right? It was, you know, what you would consider at the time, I'm sure is radical ideas. So the internet definitely started the fire, but I could say for sure that Bitcoin poured like a gallon of gasoline on that fire, right? Oh, absolutely. It, it yeah. just accelerated things well, to another level. Well, and what, what happened is, yeah, the, the internet was the first real decentralization of for, for for society you know um but uh the the problem is the internet revolutionized everything except money and so when it became clear that decentralization was happening obviously people who are central planners had to react to that they they became aware of it too late and they had to react to that the one way they could react to it was with money because they still controlled the money. And so the problem with the internet is it really couldn't ever decentralize the money. This is what the cypherpunks had, had already sort of predicted. And so they, they, they recognize that until we change the money, everything else we're doing is just, is just running faster and staying in place. Uh, so Bitcoin was the natural next step. It just needed to be discovered. All the, all the pieces were in place, but nobody had found, you know, the answer to the last little question of how, how, do, we, how do we fit the pieces in place in just the right way that we have, um, that we have Bitcoin. You know, I, I think it's really important. You know, Satoshi Nakamoto may be the, uh, you know, the name we attach to, Bitcoin, but it, it wasn't Satoshi. It, it, it was the cypherpunks. They all were involved in creating Bitcoin. Um, Satoshi just happened to be the, the person in the right place at the right time with the right set of, of ideas. Um, I, lo I love how you say that, right? And I've heard this before and I've asked many people this question. You believe that Bitcoin 
was not invented, it was discovered. Could you elaborate yeah, a little yeah. bit on that? Um, if it was invented, if, uh, if it was invented, if it was an innovation on something before it, which it wasn't, uh, if it was invented, then it, it would be flawed, like everything that individuals invent. Um, the fact that Bitcoin contains so clearly the energy of a new era for mankind, my opinion, but I hold by it, uh, shows that it, it wasn't an invention of a human being. It was something that was destined to come about. And if you look at the mechanics of it, how it came together, you realize that uh, everything was in place. Somebody just needed to discover it. And the path of discovery is very difficult, but it was always going to happen. We could have had Bitcoin 10 years from now, 20 years from now. The fact that it happened exactly when it happened is, in my view, um, mysterious and uh, possibly speaks to, you know, something, some higher intelligence. Uh, it came about at exactly the right time. If it had come about a little earlier, it could have, it probably would have had a greater chance of failing. If it had come about later, it would have had a greater chance of failing. Um, that's a whole different discussion. Um, I mean, speaking to your question, I mean, I, I think the, going back to the original where we started this is that what we're seeing is that government is aware, they're very aware that they have to deal with this, with Bitcoin. They do not know how to do it. They are completely in reaction mode. As I see it, you know, like with what with what's happening in the EU, everything they're doing is completely expected by Bitcoiners should be signal for uh, for hope. Um, I think the issue here is that um, ultimately, like, I, I, I no longer believe that they're going to make Bitcoin. I don't, I don't think I, I'm in the U.S. I'm speaking from a U.S. perspective. I don't think they'll make Bitcoin illegal. I don't think they'll even try. I don't think what's happening right now is I don't I'm not convinced they even have that option anymore because I believe the incentives are going to be more. I think the incentives for central planners are going to shift to how do we tax Bitcoin? We can't stop it. We clearly need to insert ourselves into it and tax it so that we can keep our system going but they for can't a, for a few years longer they can't though they can't well because they, there's two there's two there's two taxations there's two taxations there's two taxations right there's direct taxation which they've already kind of maxed that out really realistically um if you live in california you're already paying more than 50 percent if you're in the top tax bracket but the 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 insidious taxation the one that the vast majority of the population is not aware of is inflation through uh, sorry taxation through inflation mm -hmm. right that is now, how they're able to get away with the one trillion dollar deficit spend there on a yearly basis. well let, let, let me throw this out and i hate speaking about this because i don't want to put ideas out there um there, you know there is a really other there is another really good option for them which is at this point there are so many plebs who have kyc'd their coins mm. all of that information should be assumed to be recorded and known 
The next step, if I were them, would be an unrealized capital gains tax on crypto. Mm. And they could, they, they've always wanted to do, an, a lot of people have always wanted to impose an unrealized capital gains tax. Obviously, a lot of the wealthy will oppose that. But one step in the door is to say, we just want this on crypto. We mm. can sell the unrealized capital gains tax for crypto. And we'll, and then it gets the foot in the door for anything else later on. What that would do is now, I mean, I, I all, all of my Bitcoin was purchased through Coinbase originally. You know, most of what I have was through Coinbase. If they can look at it and say, I don't care what you've done. I don't care that you have uh, forward privacy by whirlpooling. I don't care that, you, you know, whatever. We know you bought X amount of Bitcoin. If you can't prove that you sold it, then we are going to tax you at the end of the year on that X amount of Bitcoin. And then any other year where there are gains, we will also tax you until you prove to us that you sold it. Once they do that, now I'm in the position of having to sell my Bitcoin to pay that. You know, if, if Bitcoin goes into, if we're heading into, uh, and I totally believe we're heading into a, a new all-time high, I think it'll more than make up for the, for the last one that was quashed by Wall Street for the most part. I would but, say it was it was quashed by the CCP. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a whole other subject. If, <laughs> if we if we head into, you know, upwards of hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin. And they and they can push forward a capital gains tax on it. Now, people who bought at, I don't know, 15, 20,000, 40,000. Now, if you have to pay a gains tax on, say, a hundred thousand dollars gain, all you can do is sell your Bitcoin. And that's that's dovetails back with what what Wall Street wants is they they want to get out from being the dumb money. So if the government can incentivize plebs to have to sell their Bitcoin, they're going to sell it to Wall, Wall Street's going to be there buying it all up and getting their getting their power back. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a very, very, very interesting conversation. Well, Narwhal, it's it's really been an honor to have you on Simply Bitcoin Live today. I know you had a hard stop at 1.30, so I want to be uh, you know, conscious of thank your you. time. Uh, thank, thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate it. Why don't you tell everybody where they could find you online, what you're working on these <laughs> days, where you're, uh, you're deciding to take a step back, staying Anon? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't feel I need to wear a mask or anything like that, but um, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not interested. I, I don't really need people to come find me. <laughs> I'm, on, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I'm on Nostra. Nostra I'm uh, Narwhal Tacos. I, I mostly use social media because that's where the information is happening. So I'm, I mostly am just a wallflower on social media. I'm not looking to build uh, myself as, as anyone or anything on social media, but if anyone's interested, uh, Narwhal Tacos, I'm pretty sure I own that name across multiple platforms. Well, re really appreciate it, man. You, everyone's... Oh man, I appreciate it so much. I'm so happy to have a conversation with you. Well, I appreciate really? you coming on the show. The, uh, the, everyone's hyped in the chat. So, uh, thank you, Narwhal and love to have you back on, on the show in the future. Yeah. Thanks chat. I love being in the chat on this show. I have a lot of, of uh, uh, unmet friends in the chat here. So it's a real pleasure to be on, on the side of the screen. Yeah, man.
honor honors are honors ours. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us on some, another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. We really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the show, I know it's do smash that like button. Consider subscribing if we feel like we provided you value. But the number one thing you could do to help push the peaceful Bitcoin revolution forward is share this content. In fact, share all Bitcoin content. Don't share shitcoin content. That's counterproductive. If you want to join the after party, um, which we are hosting on Twitter Spaces until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, definitely jump in there. We're co-hosting the space with our friends over at swan.com, best place to build your Bitcoin stack. So join the party. Opti's going to be holding it down like he does on a daily basis, and we're going to be holding it down until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Shout out to the best producer in the game, producer Jacob. Love you all. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. Peace out, everybody. I really wish we could get Narwhal to uh, come hang out with us in the spaces because I'm sure he would continue on the signal for as long as this space would run. Anyways, I see a few people coming up. Let's uh, let's get some voices up on here. Of course, of course, of course, guys, do not be 